When is enough enough when it comes to usage of medical care services? The Joint Commission sees a clear picture of the state of quality health care by looking at overuse, misuse, and underuse. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Mark Chasson, the president of the Joint Commission. In his role, Dr. Chasson oversees the activities of the nation's predominant standard-setting and accrediting body in healthcare, the Joint Commission whose certification and accreditation is a symbol of quality for thousands of hospitals and healthcare organizations across the United States. Prior to joining the Joint Commission in recent months, Dr. Chasson was the Edmund Guggenheim Professor of Health Policy and founding chairman of the Department of Health Policy at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. He was also Executive Vice President for Excellence in Patient Care at the Mount Sinai Medical Center. He is a board-certified internist and practiced emergency medicine for 12 years, and even before joining the Joint Commission, was nationally recognized for his work in healthcare quality. Dr. Chasson, welcome to ReachMD XM157. Thanks, Bruce. I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, a lot of people know you even before you were at the Joint Commission because you were quite involved in healthcare quality, and you're going to talk to us today about the Joint Commission's strategy, and it's a three-pronged strategy, and if you could begin, we look forward to your discussion today. Well, thanks. I'd be delighted. I have been involved in studying and experiencing and improving quality for quite some time. You mentioned some of those roles. I've worked at the federal level and the state level in addition to doing a fair amount of research. And I've always found it helpful to think about quality problems in three ways. There are three different kinds of quality problems. The classification is helpful because each one of them requires a different way to measure how significant the problem is, different ways to approach improvement, and there are a variety of important aspects to the classification that make it very helpful. We do harm in healthcare in three different ways. We do harm when we provide a service when risk exceeds benefit. That's called overuse. Antibiotics for colds is a good example. Unnecessary imaging and simple back pain, there are a variety of those examples. We do harm because everything we do in healthcare carries risk with it. And if we use a service, imaging, a drug, an invasive procedure, in a circumstance where it can't benefit patients, then the only thing we're doing is harm, and that's not a good thing. Underuse is the reverse. It's the failure to provide an effective service when it would have produced a good outcome for patients. And the harm there is that patients don't benefit when they should have benefited from an effective service. And there are lots of examples of that as well. Misuse is when we've picked the right thing to do, but we don't do it very well. And we expose patients to the risk of preventable complications. All three of those are very prevalent today in healthcare, and the strategies for improvement are different. We need to focus on each of them, and different components of the quality movements that have evolved over the last 10 years have dealt with each of these to varying degrees, actually. Well, Dr. Chasson, maybe we can take these one at a time. We're talking about overuse, underuse, and misuse, three quality problems in healthcare. On the first one, 
overuse, it seems to me that when doctors think of overuse, a lot of times they're being held in check or at least think they're being held in check because insurance companies maybe view things as too costly. Is that part of the issue here? Or also, do doctors need to be aware of other situations with overuse, not just a health insurer telling them what to do? The role of insurance companies and health plans in limiting what doctors do is a significant part of the overall picture with respect to how doctors make decisions. But a lot of decisions about the use of services in situations that could be classified as overuse really comes about from different forces at play. Doctors will be the first to say, for example, that patients demand certain services And it's often easier for a physician to just write that prescription for the antibiotic for a cold than to spend the extra time needed to persuade a patient that that's not a good thing to do. So sometimes it's pressure from patients that should be resisted by physicians that sometimes they don't resist. We are, in the United States, we're an activist people, and the culture has led patients often to expect that there is an immediate action that needs to be taken when they present with a vague complaint or something that the physician believes may blow over on its own, but the patient wants a blood test, they want an x-ray, they want a drug, and sometimes it's just easier for physicians to comply, especially if they think that the particular service isn't immediately harmful, and that's not a good thing. And so a lot of times they need to be a little bit more stern in saying no, I suppose. A little bit more persuasive in explaining why a service is not going to be helpful in those circumstances. And that is something that we need to help physicians do, and and we don't really do that. Well, that's an interesting point, Doctor. If we could move on also, one of the other challenges in addressing quality that you mentioned misuse. And I've been writing a lot this year in my role at the Chicago Tribune about the heparin situation where you had Dennis Quaid's twins getting a overdose of a drug. And I know at the Joint Commission, you work on this all the time. So you have situations where things are are misused. If you could address that for us. Sure. This is a very important focal point of the whole patient safety movement that's developed over the last eight or nine years. We don't yet have the foolproof answers to how to reduce the frequency of adverse events related to errors down to the level that other industries have achieved who also deal with serious hazards like nuclear power and air travel. We're just starting to import some of the lessons from those industries into healthcare we need to do that much more rapidly and much more comprehensively so that we can make dramatic inroads into this problem. It's not a single problem. It's a manifold set of problems that result from, for example, the development of many new drugs, tests, devices, procedures every year that all require careful attention when doctors and hospitals are using them and the ability of our complicated delivery systems to manage all of these new tests, treatments safely is not as good as it needs to be. 
Well, if you're just joining us or if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Mark Chasson, who is the head of the Joint Commission, and our listeners will know the Joint Commission as, as the organization that provides a seal of approval, if you will, to the nation's healthcare facilities. And we're talking about three ways quality problems do harm. We've talked about overuse, we've talked about misuse, and now we're going to talk about underuse. And Dr. Chasson, if you could give us some examples of the underuse, and you had also mentioned before our little break there, if you could address the issue of taking chapters out of other industries, because you say that certainly healthcare may have a little ways to go when other industries have been adopting some standards to reduce some of their errors. Sure. Underuse, remarkably, exists very often in the same community right alongside overuse for the same service. It's a striking phenomenon in healthcare that we have so much underuse. There's probably more underuse than either overuse or misuse. So several studies recently have looked at several hundreds of measures of underuse and have found that about 45% of the time, patients who could benefit from effective services aren't getting them. And this is a pervasive problem that relates to the care of patients with chronic illnesses like diabetes and hypertension and heart disease and lung disease, but it also relates to patients with acute illnesses like uh, heart attacks and, and other acute illnesses. And this is a multifactorial problem that both relates to failures in inside the delivery system to recognize circumstances when patients need and could benefit from services and aren't getting them. To some extent, there's a lack of physician knowledge in some of these instances where a physician just doesn't think of the right thing to do. And there are all kinds of barriers in our fragmented delivery system that get in the way of patients receiving the full complement of effective care when they enter into a treatment regimen, say, for example, for breast cancer. That's a good example of a circumstance that's fraught with all of these problems. There are a large number of very effective treatments for women with breast cancer, especially early-stage cancer. Almost all of them are provided in outpatient settings, often in many different locations. So a mammogram will be done in one place, a biopsy of a breast lump will be done in another place, an excision of that lump if it shows cancer will be done in another place, radiation therapy will be done yet in a third place, the surgical follow-up will be done somewhere else, chemotherapy in another place. And if those physicians and providers are not connected by a single system, it's very easy for a failure to occur from one step to the other. And often patients will, for example, just not keep an appointment with a radiation therapist and there won't be any follow-up because the radiation therapist doesn't know that the appointment wasn't kept. The surgeon doesn't have a way of following up to make sure that a recommendation was carried through and an effective treatment is missed in that kind of situation. So underuse is a, a really pervasive problem. It prevents us from realizing the full health benefits of the billions and billions of dollars 
that we've invested as a society in medical research through the NIH and other sponsors of research, and it's a major ongoing health problem. Well, Dr. Mark Chasson, I appreciate your joining us today. He has been our guest. He is the head of the Joint Commission, and they are a quality standard-setting organization that thousands of healthcare facilities and medical groups use. We'd like to thank him for being our guest today. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions about today's show through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.